Now, a new report says that the train that in fact was derailed in Ohio carried more toxic chemicals than initially reported. Now, make no mistake about it, the reason we're hearing about this right now, the reason you and I are hearing about this right now is because of you. Because you are out there sharing these videos, you're pounding the pavement, you're asking the questions. In my opinion, our government and especially the mainstream media and news were 110% fine letting the story just disappear. Now suddenly, a whole new wave of mystery illnesses and all this kind of stuff coming up as <clears throat> the United States is really in the midst of its, its uh, mini Chernobyl incident here. I think government officials were 100% fine letting this just affect whoever it was going to affect and not cover it. It's absolutely appalling. The train that derailed in a small Ohio town was carrying more toxic chemicals than initially reported. It has been revealed as officials Monday announced at a town hall meeting to discuss the catastrophe would take place later in the week. The community of East Palestine was rocked by February 3rd derailment that forced the evacuation of hundreds of residents before authorities conducted a controlled burn of Norfolk Southern Railroad train cars chemicals to stop a potential explosion. Except all that happened now is it burst, it just turned it all into a gas and blasted it into our atmosphere. Where are you at, um, environmentalists, right? Toxins like volatile vinyl chloride as well as phosgene and hydrogen chloride were known to be aboard, but other toxins were also in the cars of the train traveling from Illinois to Pennsylvania. The additional chemicals released into your breathing air uh, and soil after the fire crash include ethylene glycol monobutyl ether, ethahexyl acrylate, and isobutylene, according to the outlet citing the U.S. EPA. The chemicals all pose various health risks to people who come in contact with them. For instance, exposure to ethylene glycol monobutyl either can lead to irritation of the eyes, nose, and throat, skin, as well as uh, blood in areas it shouldn't be, nervous system depression, according to Centers for Disease Control. Evacuation orders ended last week for East Palestine. Residents in some nearby Pennsylvania households in the vicinity of the derailment after air and water samples were collected and found to be safe. The EPA said Monday evening it had not found any worrisome levels of toxins in the air and can be can, uh, that can be blamed on the crash since the controlled burn of the toxins was done last week. The community air monitoring would continue 24 hours daily. Another 181 homes still need to be scanned, except there's more and more pictures, and it's like, why is ABC News finally saying this? Oh, by the way, there were far more chemicals on the on the on the uh, train than we previously reported. No big deal. Trust the source. That's why I appreciate all of you subscribing. There's a button down below wherever you're watching on Rumble, YouTube, Odyssey, or BitChute. I'm glad to have you. How about this article? Don't tell me it's safe. Residents of East Palestine express fears about returning after it's revealed that there were, in fact, more toxic chemicals on derailed Ohio train than originally thought, and thousands, thousands of livestock have now passed away. Thousands. 50 cars, 10 including hazardous materials, were involved in the crash. Thousands. I mean, how do they keep telling us that this is okay? Isn't there a reason, you know, isn't there a guy in charge of this? The, you know, the diversity hire, Pete Booty Judge? Where's he at? Oh, yeah, he's worried about too many white people in construction jobs. Don't tell me it's safe. Kathy Reese, who, leaves, who lives in Negley, Ohio, just north of East Palestine, told WPXI of Pittsburgh last week, Something is going on if the fish are floating in the creek. Officials with Ohio Department of Natural Resources have said that the chemical spill related to the train derailment killed an estimated 3,500 small fish across seven and a half miles of streams. Meanwhile, one resident of North Lima, more than 10 miles away, said her five hens and rooster all passed away suddenly 
after the train operator in Norfolk Southern burned the cars that were carrying vinyl chloride, a known carcinogen. Jenna Giannios, 39, a wedding photographer in nearby Boardman, said she has had a persistent cough for the past week and a half. She'd only been drinking bottled water and is uncomfortable using the tap water to even bathe. 100% understand why she feels that way. By the way, we all know who owns these trains. They should be paying, for, I mean, they, first of all, all the human and livestock and animals in these areas, they should be paying to relocate them. Whatever it costs, that's on them. This is their problem that they cause. On top of enormous fines for God knows what kind of uh, further damage is done. The only one, the, they only evacuated one mile from the space. That's just insane to me, she said, who set up a Facebook page for residents to vent their frustrations. I'm concerned with the long-term health impact. She added, it's just a mess. Sil Cagiano, Cagiano, a hazardous materials specialist and former fire department chief, also said he was surprised residents, residents were allowed to return home so quickly before all of their homes were even tested. I would rather... I would have far rather they did the testing first, she said. There's a lot of what-ifs we're going to be looking at 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. I'm wondering, gee, cancer clusters could just pop up, you know. Well water could go bad. He added, we basically nuked the town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. He's talking to the, you know, quickly doing the control burn. And, uh, you know, this is the result of that. The chemical smell still lingers in the area as some residents refuse to return home. I don't blame them. We're, I mean, I was watching the coverage last night and there was like no less than a dozen mentions of Trump in all of this, by the way. What do you, what, what do you expect people to do? Just go home and breathe it all in because you said so? Others have taken matters into their own hands with managers of Kindred Spirits Rescue Ranch evacuating 77 of their largest animals, including Yak and Zebu, for the last two years, we could see a plume come up over us. Our eyes were burning, and our, my face could feel it. And the Ohio Farm Bureau, Feder, Bureau Federation is urging its members to get water from their local wells tested immediately. There's some level of frustration out there among farmers, the organization's director, Nick Kennedy, said. They want answers. Their livelihood is at stake here. This article in the Daily Mail, Ohio residents hit by a wave of sickness after train carrying these chemicals. You know, I mean, this is just a few weeks after it. This is a few weeks after it. What's going to happen years down the road when there are people that have to drink this water? This just in, woman finds all of her chickens uh, passed away 10 miles from East Palestine, Ohio, following obviously the toxins. All the chickens slowed down and passed away. If they can do that to chickens in one night, imagine what it will do to us in 20 years. Now, a lot of people, you know, perhaps rightfully said, maybe it's all a coincidence. Maybe it's all a coincidence. Sure doesn't feel like it. And it feels like all this ignoring and the, you know thousands of farm animals pass away, people having these mystery illnesses, the cloud that seems to be ever expanding, getting bigger, thousands of fish across just uh, seven miles passed away. What about now that it's in the Ohio River, allegedly? What's that going to do? What's that going to do to like the plant life? In those in those rivers and stuff like that. How come how come everyone's just like, yeah, just return home. Just return home. Everybody just return home. No big deal. Just breathe air, breathe a deep. It's absolutely appalling. How deeply connected are these people that own these trains? And why are these people being forced to go back to these areas that certainly seem unsafe at the very at the very very minimum?
been a wild week. A wild week indeed. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Uh, looks like partly, at least, some of the Eliza Blue scenario has now gotten into the very real world where Tim Pool is allegedly facing uh, potential defamation lawsuits and large financial claims from one of the individuals mentioned in Shane Cashman's Gonzo reporting. And um, what a mess. What a mess. Um, and, and this appears, this is one of those things where like, you know, this isn't like a backhanded thing at Tim. I'm just trying, you know, literally covering this because this whole thing has got a life of its own. Certainly Eliza has some legal liability, in my opinion, for tortious interference, for uh, ruining people's ability to use their Twitter accounts. But this is a much bigger deal. So to the lawsuit. This is an email that was posted publicly by somebody who goes by the name Defango, sent to uh, looks like Tim's Tim and Tim's editor in chief uh, in response to the gunzo journalism of Shane Cashman. Hello, Chris Tim. It's been brought to my attention that you were the editor that allowed the defamation story in Shane Dawson's. Oh, you have a typo in the first sentence, dude. First of all, Shane Cashman. Come on, player. You got to proofread this stuff. Okay. <clears throat> Shane Cashman's part three of the Eliza Blue story. You allowed that complete fabrication to be published without investigation, without even reaching out to me for comment. Is this how news is supposed to work? Did you know that I released the shadow box documents to expose that company? And that those people, before they could hurt somebody, do you know that I got multiple restraining orders against people in that company for the defamation you willingly published without any research? Are you aware that I have never been a part of any case that went to trial and have been dismissed from every single one? Now, this is in reference, I believe, to the wild, like, Hey, this is a guy that's in charge of some shadowy organization that parked, you know, um, uh, parked SUVs in front of people's houses. It was in part three where all of this stuff was alleged and it was a wild, I didn't even understand what in the heck he was talking about. Well, it turns out in a podcast, allegedly, he basically said, yes, I'm talking about this Defango individual. I don't know him. We've exchanged some DMs. I asked him about this the other day. I'm not vouching for him or against him. I just don't know him. Um, he also writes, We are happy that Cassandra McDonald removed the story, but this is not enough at all. That tagline is a joke, and you should be ashamed of yourself for not even reaching out to me. All I have requested from you guys is a effing apology. That's it. Quote, I'm sorry to Manuel Defango for misrepresenting the documents he released at great detriment to himself to expose a company we thought he was still part of. He has been stalked by those people when he exposed them and released it, and our reporters were not educated on, uh, to the case, and we are sorry. So clearly he's demanding an apology here for part three of the uh, Shane Cashman piece where he talks about like this wild shadowy organization and tries to say like, well, they're behind um, the uh, the Eliza Blue like conspiracies or, or whatever the case is. This is me writing to inform you that I intend to open up legal paperwork against Chris Carr, executive editor of Tincast News as well as the company of Timcast and its founder, Tim Poole, to the insane defamation and libel pro se in a recent article. If I don't get that public apology in the next seven days, this will happen. I have already lost $200,000 in contracts due to your reporting, so please realize there are damages. So he claims that this article written by Shane Cashman and, and published by Tim Cast News and approved by Tim Pool's editors have cost him $200,000 in contracts. 
I have no idea how that would happen. Um, but it's not for me to decide, is it? It's really for the judge to decide, should this go to court? And as somebody who has gone to court for even in a slam dunk scenario, it's extremely expensive, even when you're 100% right. In this particular case, he's obviously claiming that people figured out that you were talking about me, Manuel Defango, and have now canceled. I think he told me he's in IT or something like that. So people cancel contracts with him because either this article was sent to them or because of all the hullabaloo around him online. Obviously, I can't speak to whether or not that's true. He's going to have to prove that in court. I am not a good writer. Okay, so I say this, you know, if this is the email I would have sent, I would have proofread it a little better and it's, it's a little emotional. But if he lost these contracts because of the piece, he certainly has a case. That's the big thing when you talk about defamation and libelous statements is that you have to actually have some sort of financial damage. Some idiot says something about me online. I have to go to court and prove that, hey, I lost a sponsor because of this or I lost you know, this or that because of this. Um, and so he, he's clearly mentioning that you know, as a reason for that. I expect you guys to do the right thing make this easy on everyone and apologize. I was a paying member of the YouTube channel and a member on the website and I watch the show regularly. Oof. I'm a single dude who has been damaged by this insane story multiple times over the years. And it's awful. You people didn't even research this or even think to talk to me about it. I would have given you everything you asked for, including access again, spelt wrong. Um, to my effing computer again you gotta okay whatever it doesn't matter again i can't write or or read either so you know take my criticism with a grain of salt to prove you wrong if you simply asked i haven't been sleeping since tim said a reputation management company was after eliza and him because i knew he was talking about me oh so that's what this is about okay Okay. By the way, you may notice the counter on the bottom. You guys absolutely crushed the new member goal the, uh, yesterday. So I released a members only video. Um, today, I'll do the same thing. We're at 26 out of 100. Um, if we hit the goal today, uh, I will release another members only video, which I think I'll do a deep dive into my setup maybe for that. Um, I, I always, so I respond to what you ask for in the comments of the members only video. So let me know what you want me to do for the next one. But uh, anyway, join. I'll never, by the way, I'll never make chat members only, but I'm adding additional videos to help with the goal of running fewer ads and doing fewer ad reads. Uh, so he continues. There's a link in the description to join or pin comment. So, now I have proof as well of as all the other elements necessary to take this one to trial from your Timcast IRL show comments and Shane Cashin's podcast interview a day before the article release that he clearly names me. Okay, so that's not good, right? I'm not asking to be on your show. I'm not asking for a handout. I'm simply asking you do the right thing by me, your subscribers, and yourself. Best. Manuel Chavez III, I assume that's Defango's real name. Yikes. Um, <laughs> this article says, Shane Dawson, 100 typos. You write like a high schooler, Lamau. Also, 200K in contracts. There's no way that could be true. You've gained money, not lost money. Um, okay, so I said a screenshot of the email before I proofread it. I have lost money and only gotten Tim Pool PR bots on my case. Thanks for helping me prove my very strong point. I don't know one way or another. I know that the internet works in weird ways where people, you know, I've had people email stuff to sponsors. I've had people, people called my parents uh, and said that I was like a super crypto evil person. So I don't put anything above what internet people may have done. Um, you know, and you see here, Adrian Kearney writes, your employer Timcast was so ashamed of your work that Cassandra 
Fairbanks or whatever her name is now, I think Fairbanks, pulled it from the website for fear of being sued, who was defamed in it. Yet you are proud of your work. Now you're basically calling out your boss publicly. There are many people who think Shane Cashman is about to be fired. I don't know behind the scenes. I don't have any inside information. I don't know Shane Cashman. You know, this is a weird piece. If I were Tim, I don't think I'd want to be associated with it. But also, I don't know why journalists feel like they need to work for Tim Cast. If they're good, they can probably just survive on their own. But uh, yeah, this has now entered the very real stage of the first we were in the F around and now we're in the find out stage. I can't speak to the merits of this lawsuit, but what I can say is he seems to have all three parts necessary. If he can prove that, it's going to be very expensive to litigate in court. I assume Tim will just issue an apology or correction, whether he wants to or not. That's the right thing to do if he did, in fact, defame him. And it looks like perhaps he did. Uh, interesting story. Uh, Chelsea Handler, uh, exceedingly woke Z-list talk show host and female comedian, uh, is getting absolutely demolished on the internet right now over, of course, this whole, you know, I'm happy I never had kids thing because, you know, leftism is awesome. And, um, you know, I, I got rid of, uh, untold numbers of them and I'm happy about it. Uh, it's just the most obvious sad cope that I've ever seen. Now, that isn't to say that people who don't have kids should feel bad about it or, uh, you know, anything like that. I don't have any kids and I'm, you know, getting up there already. So, you know, it's something I'm thinking about now more than ever before. But just the saddest video I've ever seen um, and it's just getting absolutely destroyed by the internet. Thanks everyone for checking out Coffee Brand Coffee's Valentine's Day sale today. Promo code SWEET will save you. And thank you everyone who's joining as a member. I already recorded today's members only video. Hopefully we'll hit the goal. We're at 38 out of 100 right now. So I'll leave a link in the description. If you want to support the channel, you want access to kind of vlog style content behind the scenes. Um, I'll, I'm going to be producing that in addition to this normal video load that I do. And, um, also potentially at one level, if we get enough, it means less ad reads on the channel, which everybody wins. Lives of TikTok posts. This is one of the saddest videos I've ever seen. Some news organizations are now covering it. This today, Chelsea Handler says it's okay to be childless by choice. Um, this in a one video and then the TikTok sure seems like a weird cope. I'm not saying there's not there's nothing wrong with somebody who doesn't have kids, but I think it's just a hilarious, ridiculous cope. Um, and parenting isn't for everybody, certainly, but uh, I think that at some point people will feel like they want to leave a legacy behind, they want to have some kids, and just the the internet's absolutely dunking. Sarah Gonzalez writes, this self-serving, hedonistic, narcissistic woman will never wonder why she's 70, when she's 70, why she didn't make better choices when nobody wants her and she eventually passes away alone. Uh, okay. Ben Shapiro saying, the best thing about this video is that it features her explaining that she can do whatever she wants as a person with no kids. And so she names off a bunch of things she didn't do because her actual life consists of drinking a ton of wine and being really, really sad. And it is, it is kind of sad to be honest with you. Um, you know, you see I hypocrite weapons, grade copium, uh, Viva Frey says, I do think this was supposed to be somewhat ironic, satirical, right? No, I don't think so. I think it's just like serious cope. I've seen many women invent time machines and have kids. My wife relives that stuff all the time from Brendan Morris. The saddest thing I have ever seen and also a reason for every young woman not to repeat your horrendous experience. Gad, yeah, sad in here. Being a parent can be difficult and painful, but I would not trade being a father to my children for anything. My daughter just gave me a box of chocolates and flowers for Valentine's Day. I'm the richest man for her. 
also retweeted. I just like I think a lot of this is is a you know a cope. It would be more difficult to conceit concoct a more sad, selfish existence than the one you've just put forth. I mean, Matthew Marzen, can you just use a time machine to go forward to your? T- I mean, like, I, I and the video. I'm not gonna. They always put like uh, uh, audio this behind is- the audio behind it, so hopefully it doesn't get claimed, but. This is a day in the life of a childless a day woman. In the life of a childless woman. Oh yeah, apparently. Would... So wakes up, wakes up at six a.m. Up at six a.m. I remember that I have no kids to take to school. Oh, okay. So I take an edible. Oh. And go back to sleep. I mean, this is obviously like a meme on the, um, on the whole like day in the life thing. But so you wake up at just because. By the way, just because you don't have kids doesn't mean that you should do nothing with your life. You're a 50-year-old woman. Why are you waking up and doing nothing with your life? I mean, it, that that seems kind of kind of sad, you know? She wakes up at 12:30, uh, you know, doing whatever doing whatever she wants to she feels like and she puts on some fancy shoes some point in the afternoon. I go to my fave spot in Paris to grab a croissant. I do a meditation set. So she goes to her favorite spot in Paris, which obviously she doesn't. Is obviously some poor green screen work, but she gets she's living the life, everybody, because she has no kids, and like it just feels like such a hilarious cope. Ready for a night out with whatever hot, whatever hot guy I want. I call up a babysitter and tell her that I don't need her since I still don't have kids. Now I I I get like also like. I, her, of course, her life of promiscuity too, right? Like, oh, I just get up and I hook up with some dude because that's liberating and definitely doesn't feel me empty and soulless. Workout. So I hit Mount Everest for a quick climb. I invent a time machine. So here she says she's got so much free time that she invents a time machine and goes goes back and ends the bad guy from WW2. I'm sure that's what she she would do if she could go back in time. I'm pretty sure she would probably go back in time and make... Um, a lot of different choices in her life. The the quote tweets are just so brutal. Porcelain posting this like she had a choice. What a sad, miserable life. I woke up at 16, had an edible, uh, pleased myself, went back to bed, wake up at 1230. It sounds like the 70% of the MFers I see on this timeline. You know, like, I, I, I don't, never, never funny Chelsea Handler has this dumb video about a day in the life of being a childless chick. I'm a childless chick too, and this is actually a video of the day in the life of an out-of-touch, non-self-aware, privileged, woke, rich, white, elite liberal. Yeah, I mean, like, if that's all you did with your day, you know, like, I I guess, like, everyone's entitled to do something on their day off, you know, like, if you think this is sad, imagine what it's look like in 20 years when her peers are surrounded by children and grandchildren, and she's completely alone, comfortable. Comforted by little more than pills, booze, and the thought of what could have been if she wasn't such a self-absorbed wretch. Golly! There are some people that children will never happen for, uh, certainly. And there are people that make uh, choices to not have kids. But knowing who Chelsea Handler is and her history, uh, this is one of the most like hilarious obvious copes you can see insecurity over life choices on full display i mean is this this is isn't this the saddest thing on the internet today see at 50 most women are not dealing with toddlers anymore and they don't need to call babysitters even if they do it's disrespectful to try and shame motherhood like this being childless at 50 doesn't make you better and oh by the way if she had had kids at 30 or 28, 29, she'd be able to do all these exact same things at the age of 50. I mean, it's just like, you know, I, I'm just, you know, hey, kids aren't for everyone. Mark, Mark Hemingway, the wretch, conceded all in self. Living shall forfeit fair renown and do, doubly dying shall go down to the vile dust where once she sprung unwept, unhonored, and unsung. I mean, like, it's hilarious to me, and there are certainly plenty of women in here too. She left out the part 
where she cries alone at night from the realization that her, quote, freedom came at the cost of true fulfillment. Yikes. This is a little bit more of a bizarre, maybe it doesn't fit on the channel topic. I, I'm hearing fr from people that they miss Midwestly and they want me to cover more like, not, not to stop covering pop culture, but to also feather in some of these more news related topics. And even if they maybe don't get the views the other ones do, if you like them, let me know by leaving a link in the description down below. Uh, now there's something going on in the world today. No, wait. Uh, with whales. First it was the trains, okay? But now something extremely odd is going on with whales, and hardly anybody's talking about it. In fact, the East Coast of the United States has been inundated with uh, whales uh, beaching themselves, um, with dead whales beaching themselves, you know, washing up on shore. And it's perhaps the oddest thing because many are saying the reason for it is it's an extremely inconvenient reason for environmentalists and the uh, the woke brigade. If you uh, enjoy the coverage, I do. I am doing a membership drive this week to become a YouTube member. There's a link in the description and pinned comment below. I have a membership goal of 100 today. At the time of this video, we're at 40. If we hit 100, I'll release another uh, member's video. This time, a deep dive into my... YouTube setup. So you have dead whale washes onto Jersey Shore, ninth in just the Jersey area in the last 60 days. And we're going to dig deeper into this. The massive marine mammal ended up on Whitling Avenue Beach. Um, clean ocean, I'm sorry, clean ocean action environmental conservation organization said that the high number of whales passing away in roughly two month period has not been seen in the region in over 50 years. Now, that doesn't necessarily, so that doesn't imply that it's never happened. It's just been a really long time. The group says it believes offshore wind energy projects could be the culprit of raising fatalities. Oh, who would have thought? Look, I'm all for clean energy, actually. I'm super into clean energy. Um, but I'm not one of those people that, you know, pretend, pretends that it comes at zero cost and just, you know, the only reason we haven't done it is that we're evil humans or whatever the case is. Quote, the alarming number of uh, deaths is unprecedented in the last half century. The only unique factor from previous years is the extensive, extensive scope, scale, and magnitude of offshore wind power plant activity in the region, COA said in a statement. Scientists with the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management have found no evidence that the wind energy projects and the whale passings are related. Quote, and to date, no whale mortality has been attributed to offshore wind activities. That doesn't mean it's not true. It just means they haven't attributed it, apparently. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Fisheries Public Affairs Director told reporters on the 18th. Two weeks ago, a 41-foot humpback whale named Luna washed up on Long Island Beach. Federal authorities said the 29,000-pound animal was likely struck by a vessel. It's unclear what type of whale washed up this week, but Kenita estimated that it was the size of a bus. He also questioned why these sightings were becoming more common. Governor, when do we stop becoming coincidences? How many more will it take? He wrote in a post alongside images of the whale's body being tossed in the waves. Off the coast of Virginia, three dead whales, two humpbacks, an endangered North Atlantic right, white, uh, right whale were discovered in less than a week, Fox News reported Monday. NOAA had declared a, quote, unusual mortality event for both humpback and Atlantic right whales along the East Coast. Activists and government officials have called on the Biden administration to suspend all offshore wind projects in the light of the recent whale deaths until the in, a thorough investigation can rule them out. Now, of course, this is in reference to, hey, we went up to 41 while we're recording this video. Got to get to 100. Um, this is, a, you know, it, it messes with their sonar, right? And they, they can't, and there's also some mapping going on of, of the oceans too, which we're going to talk about. 
A dozen Jersey Shore mayors, including Kenita, joined together at the end of January to call for a moratorium on all offshore wind activity until federal agencies can investigate whether or not a link exists. And what's interesting is if you look, you know, it's it's interesting. I posted this last night, nine whales in New Jersey in just 60 days. Um, you know, and it isn't just New Jersey. You know, it's it's interesting. And there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, you see, for the last 20 years, there's been an average of, thank you, Dan Peters, this is good information. For the last 20 years, there's been an average of seven whale strandings in New Jersey per year. Some as many as 12. For the year, by the way, there's a nine in, did it just go up to 42? Shout out, in just 60 days. There may be increased, there may be increased sonar activity in the Atlantic, with the Russians getting antsy, and that has been associated with many increased strandings. Um, I don't know. You look at this, Jim Rickard says, this is what the Green New Scam is doing to the whale population. They're using sonar shocks to build offshore windmills and are destroying whales' ability to navigate with sonar. The Greenies don't care about the environment. They're only in it for the money. You know, interestingly, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. People talking about poles, you know, magnetic poles, things of that nature. Um, Tucker Carlson uh, covered it the other day. A lot of people are saying, you know, climate change. I don't know really how that relates um, because, well, you know, you see timemagazine.com. I thought I had a, a clip in here that I wanted to show you here. Three here in the past week. This is in Virginia Beach. NOAA declared an unusual mortality event for North Atlantic right whales back in 2017. Now in 2013, on February 13th, Virginia Beach, there's another beach whale mystery on this side of Virginia Beach. I mean, I don't think, and again, it's, di you know, it's difficult, you know, to say for sure. But I mean, you had Tucker Carlson saying offshore wind farm, wind farm survey that is, that are using sonar like recklessly. We're living in an age when the precise opposite is true of almost every claim you hear in public. So it probably shouldn't shock you that the people who care to give money to in the Biden administration are backing the construction of massive offshore wind turbines that appear to be killing large numbers of whales. In just the last two months, at least 10 dead whales have washed ashore in New York and New Jersey. And on Monday, it happened again. A 35-foot male humpback whale died and washed up on Lido Beach in Nassau County in Long Island. Bruce Blakeman is the county executive of Nassau. He joins us tonight. Mr. Blakeman, thank you so much for coming on. So this thank seems you. this seems like one of those stories that, since liberals want to save the whales or did when I was a kid, you'd think we'd be getting an awful lot of attention, but it seems like mm. nobody wants to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it that? sure seems like it. Well, first of all, I became very concerned when seven whales washed up on the shores of New Jersey, because obviously we're just miles from New Jersey. Right. And uh, then when I found out yesterday that uh, a whale had washed up on our shores here in Lido Beach in Nassau County, obviously I became concerned because I know that there is construction taking place out in the ocean. And yep. I think that when you have so many of these large animals that wash up on shore dead, that we now have to take a pause and investigate why is that happening? I think a totally normal thing. Now, to be fair, there have been big instances in the past where like as many as 100 or 200 marine animals end up beaching themselves, but that's not what this is. Um, and it, you'd have to almost do like a deep dive into each individual, like do an autopsy on each individual whale to figure out, you know, what is actually going on here because... Um, you know, you see the work to actually examine them is grueling and tedious, involves sourcing backhoes and other construction equipment to maneuver the bus-sized animals, taking measurements, and then when possible, undertaking difficult, difficult necropsies, you know, a trailer. So it's a, it's really hard to figure it out just from a logistics standpoint to figure out what's doing it. But, you know, it's it's pretty interesting that a lot of people are pointing out that you know, this could be a byproduct of this huge push to get uh, more green and to get, you know, to push more people into, um, you know, wind farms. And again, like I said, I am 
in favor of renewable energy. What I am not in favor of is being reckless about it. If you've been following the channel, you know that I've been probably one of the go-to spots with, uh, at least with the most coverage on all of the various going-ons at Twitter. And now that we're several months into the Elon Musk ownership, I think it's time for some harsh slash fair uh, criticism because, uh, you know, well, quite, quite frankly, selfishly, my account was hit with uh, what appears to be a new search suggestion ban. Um, and um, this seems to be either after uh, the Eliza Blue coverage or after perhaps talking about everything going on with the train derailment. Um, and this is the kind of stuff that, you know, I can speak plainly and say that I just expected Elon Musk to turn off on day one. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Now, we saw through the Twitter files that Twitter actually had a separate word for shadow bands or a separate classification for it. And I think this was at least partly due to give them plausible deniability when they went and testified in front of Congress to talk about shadow bands, because that's what we all call them. Um, but what they, what they called them was something else so that they wouldn't be lying when they said, well, we don't do shadow bands. We do whatever it was, some fancier term, but it was really just effectively a shadow ban. Then we saw back in late December, um, you know, they say the cover-up is worse than the crime. In this case, they're both pretty bad. The latest release of internal files from Twitter shows that they suppressed uh, people who opposed lockdowns or, um, you know, they worked against libs, uh, 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 libs of TikTok, a wide variety of other things. However, Twitter officials swore up and down for years that such, quote, shadow banning did not occur. People are asking us if we shadow ban we don't, Twitter's official account posted in July of 2018. Quote, I think the real question behind the question is, are we doing something to, according to a political ideology or viewpoints? We are not, period, Jack Dorsey said in an interview a month later. We do not look at the content in regards of political view, viewpoint or ideology. We look at behavior. Well, now we know that that's all straight up dollar store value baloney sausage because the Twitter files and their internal emails all very clearly uh, refute that fact and that they had little task forces that seemed to be specifically about potential political opinions. Uh, we had them working directly with the FBI to discuss certain political opinions. Of course, we talked about various doctors who were experts on it that were getting shadow banned, deboosted, or banned. Well, many of us thought that Elon Musk would make that go away. To me, it felt like, man, isn't there just a switch? Remove all the shadow bans. It'd be so easy. One of the most frustrating things uh, as a creator or as somebody who just wants to get their opinion held out there it's like when people can't, who are looking for you can't find you and it's like, not your fault. You know, there's, you know, oh, maybe you're, maybe you called yourself, um, uh, you know, McDonald's YouTube channel. So everybody who searches for it is looking, is finding the restaurant or something like that. And your last name happened to be McDonald's and it's like weird. No, what Twitter did was effectively not only make it impossible to find my account and many others over the years, uh, they seem to, at least in my opinion, and, and that's based on what we've seen in the Twitter files, they did this based on political leanings or based on various political topics that you may have engaged with. And it seems now that that actually didn't have anything to do with the size of the channel. Big and small, they had freaking FBI agents assigned to watching the things that you said and tweeted. Well, Elon Musk has long said, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna get rid of this stuff, free speech, blah 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 blah. Well, we know that's not true, because we saw uh, the way that it was so easily manipulated by Eliza Blue to wrongfully uh, and tortiously interfere with people's relationships with Twitter and their use of their product that they pay for in Twitter Blue. So we know that it isn't about absolute speech. We also know absolute free speech. We also know that there are still people catching bans 
seemingly for the same stuff that they always did, misgendering people or, you know, being mean or making fun of somebody. Maybe as a whole, it's down, but it sure seems like at least the people in my circle are still pretty much every other day posting about another YouTube channel that got banned or another, you know, um, account that got locked or, you know, all these type of things. Now, Twitter did follow through, in my opinion, and based on, you know, their actions in essentially getting rid of permanent bans. They've done this and many accounts have returned except for one, Alex Jones. I don't know if Milo's back or not. There's a few that were particularly spicy that aren't back yet. But you have these magazines and stuff like that covering shadow banning and, and Elon said, hey, we're gonna, um, we're gonna fix this. You're gonna be able to apply and you're gonna be able to see why you're deboosted. Then we get Dave Rubin going on site. Everybody always wants to look at their own account. It's just a natural thing to do, but he looks at his own account and he finds even more tags that would issue a shadow ban. I think maybe mine was applied when I had to, when, uh, when it was locked, maybe there was like some sort of strike or something like that. But the problem is as a brand is if pe you know, people are looking for me and they don't find me, they just find alternative accounts, like parody accounts and accounts that damage my brand that feels on purpose, you know, it, and it's very, very bad for, for, for creators and for people, right? Like you have people who are in bad faith, you know, trying to damage your brand, damage your reputation. That's who people find, not your actual account. You see Alex, but even bug fix requests, hearing from users and others that their accounts have forced sensitive level and that they're unable to undo in the settings. I believe this is also true of Brittany Venti's account. Or was it, um, it might've been Sophia Narwitz, one of those two. They had this like sensitive label on their account forever and ever and ever and ever for no reason and nobody could figure out why. But again, this seems like another forced type of shadow ban. There's so many, and I know that Elon wants to get things, you know, implemented financially so that he can bring back ad revenue. But, you know, as a creator who was initially extremely excited for, you know, for uh, uh, Twitter, you know, a lot of the censorship stuff, a lot of the stuff that was really concerning when Jack Dorsey ran it is still there. And it's been several months. You can see, you know, there are many different sites at test. And this definitely seems to um, change. But, you know, the search suggestion ban is gone from my account. This type of ban causes an account not to populate search suggestions and people search results when it's searched for a while being logged out. Twitter seems to tie strength or similar metric into an account. Well, that account may be suggested to users you're strongly tied to, but won't be tied to others. I've certainly seen a drop off in new followers on Twitter. If you don't follow me on Twitter, it's at the quartering there. You might have to actually manually type it in apparently because, you know, I don't know if it was, if it was tweeting about the, cause this was gone. This is the, the concerning thing is like, this wasn't on there. Um, I had tested it, you know, maybe a month or two ago and there's, and by the way, when I was doing the, like Eliza Booth house, I was getting thousands of followers a day. So it wasn't necessarily having to remove that image. So I don't know what's going on, but certainly people seem to, even Elon Musk himself has said like, oh, people aren't seeing my tweets and this is a problem. Look, yeah, that's a problem, but so is people who are legitimately like looking for me or somebody else and they can't find us. And, you know, people still saying feed refreshes for you tab is weird. The font and paragraphs, you know, the recommendation algorithm allegedly he fixed. Um, but now everyone's just complaining that they're seeing nonstop Elon Musk tweets in their feed, which I certainly am on mine too. Um, you know, you see here, or, you know, Elon's tweets, Twitter, yeah, 1.1 million likes. So that's pretty good. You know, I, I think that'd be nice. It's, you know, it's nice to not be shadow banned. It'd be nice if people that are actively seeking out my account could find me. And also it'd be nice if a lot of the censorship, old Twitter 1.0 stuff would go away. But we saw this with LG Irwin's handling of the false flagging and other things, that there are absolutely more issues to be resolved.
Uh, if you're one of my uh, white viewers, I sure hope you're not having a fragile day. Because according to a new Disney show, that's a thing apparently. And what's hilarious about it is that it's just yet another kids show that is pushing this kind of woke ideology. And in this particular case, uh, a ridiculous, disparaging, woke speak thing about white folks. You know, it's just, it's only so much that, that it's like hard to take. You know, like these clips that keep going viral, people keep saying how ridiculous it is. And it's just. You know, you just got to keep bringing it up and hopefully people will, you know, continue, you know, consider maybe not renewing their subscriptions to these programs. Disney's wildly woke show, Proud Family, shames character for having, quote, white fragility and explains it occurs when someone is defensive about their privilege. This is, of course, one of the dumbest, uh, most idiotic woke topics I've ever seen. Um, this is this is how it usually goes. Some woke idiot, usually a white person, tells another white person that they've had it easy because of their whiteness. Said white person says, and maybe they have, I suppose. I don't know. I certainly haven't seen any checks in the mail. But so the person who gets then accused of not working hard and having things handed to them and this, that, and the other thing, gets offended. So then they say, ha ha, you're fragile. And it's because you're white, ha ha. Now, any idiot could say, okay, well, I'll just go walk up to a black person and say, oh, you must have had it easy because you're black. Or an Asian person and say, well, you must be easy. It's absurdly racist. Um, it's absurdly moronic and low IQ because you have no idea, none whatsoever, what that person's going through, what their what their path has been. You know, there are certainly people that struggle uh, of, of all walks of life, of all colors. And this forced division is it's seemingly like part of the goal for these companies, isn't it? It's part of it for them. Disney's exceptionally unapologetically woke Reboot of the Proud Family has added white fragility to one of its hot-button topics it addresses, prompting continued backlash against the show and Disney Online. On a recent episode of the show, a black character clearly frustrated explains the concept of white fragility to his white male... Wait. A black character to his spouse and references activist Robin DiAngelo, much maligned book of the same title, that was published back in 2018 and guilty white people paid him a lot of money to go and tell him that he's a bad thing. Bad, they're bad because they're white. The black character roughly explains a concept about being defensive about race. The series full name is the proud family louder and prouder airs on Disney plus struggling streaming service, Disney plus It was initially slammed for a woke rap performed by one of the students whom show involved who performed a number about reparations and claimed that slaves built this country. White Fragility was written by D'Angelo, a professional diversity trainer, a job that doesn't need to exist. Academic who says that a myriad of corporate trainings events, she has experienced hostility from white people when discussing race. Well, this is, of course, a hilarious lie. The reason the interactions you're having, Robin D'Angelo, wherever your stupid name is, and even in this television show, The Proud Family, is not simply a discussion about race. You are positing, you are telling a person of a certain race that they've had it easier because of their race, which is verifiably untrue. There are people that have struggled from the day they are born to the day they die. And it has absolutely nothing to do with their skin color. It has far more uh, to do with where they were born, the, their class that they were born into. D'Angelo's book, despite heavy criticism of it, has played a significant role in defining the modern discourse about race. The book, for instance, fast identifies white progressives as the leading cause of daily damage to people of color. How well on that I'd buy. White progressives can be the most difficult for people of color because to 
the degree we think we've arrived, we will put our energy into making sure that others see us having arrived, she wrote. What? The select clip from the episode was tweeted out by an account called End Wokeness, shout out, and received responses that arranged degrees of disapproval. I wish I had Disney Plus so I'd cancel it, so I could cancel it, wrote Jake Shields. Jim Hansen, who boasts 80,000 Twitter followers, wrote, The book is absolute garbage, referring to D'Angelo's exploration of white fragility. Young America's Foundation simply tweeted back a meme of Park and Recreation's character Ron Swanson and the Disney logo into a giant dumpster. This is the second time in recent weeks it's been ripped for featuring expressively anti-white propaganda. The first time was when the show's characters discovered the town was built by slaves and then they did a rap about reparations. It was ridiculous. The scene itself is, of course, hilarious, too. Oh, you understand love, don't you? No, no, I do not understand anything about white fragility. White fragility? Wait, is this an interracial gay couple, too? Shout out. You know what it means. You're doing it right now. Doing what? Being defensive about race. Robin D'Angelo wrote a whole... They're actually advertising the book. They actually advertise the book. And again, imagine a scenario where you walk up to a white or a black or Asian or whatever individual and you put your finger in their face and you tell them that they've had it so easy because of their skin color. I imagine that almost any race of people would react negatively to that. I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say. Amid backlash, Disney claims that follows uh, claims the show follows the adventures and misadventures of a newly 14-year-old Penny Proud and her proud family, but has sparked major, major backlash with viewers who have accused of broadcasting giant of beaming woke BLM propaganda straight into their living rooms. Others started using the hashtag boycott Disney after watching footage, which also depicts police officers in riot gear turning up at a protest. In the episode, Penny learns the meaning of Juneteenth and discovers terrifying truth about their town that it was founded by a slave owner. Parts of the rap on the show, which are aimed at a younger audience, say that we do, we the descent, we're the descendants of slaves in America have earned reparations. What? Literally what? You see a lot of the tweets. This is a scene from the Proud Family, a kid's show on Disney+. Plus. They're beaming woke BLM propaganda straight into your living rooms. Yeah. Rob Smith says, when the Proud Family was made 15 years ago, it was sweet, funny cartoon sitcom about a black family. Rebooted by Disney Plus in the woke era, it's now this. The reboot also features an interracial gay couple with a child. Why? Well, I mean, why not? What are you, some kind of bigot? Charles R. Down says, the Proud Family looks more like an Antifa recruiting video than a child's TV show. Disney is brainwashing our children into Marxists I highly suggest staying away from everything Disney creates. Elon Musk should buy Disney and make it great again. No, he shouldn't buy Disney. I'm still waiting for him to make Twitter great again. Okay, Still waiting for the Cybertruck to be better than, it's, than what, what we think it is. Still waiting to get the full bandwidth minimum that my Starlink is supposed to. So no, no more projects for Elon, please. I mean, it's just, it's so ridiculous that this stuff like, Disney cartoon tackles white fragility for kids, sparking new wave of backlash. I, I think that they make this crap like with this expressed plan slash purpose of cultivating outrage because otherwise who would be talking about this show? Like who, who would even, who's this show even for middle-aged white women? I'm guessing. Like, the, the, here's a, an article by Matt Taibbi that completely destroys it. The book itself, of course, is ridiculous race grifting. All of these companies are more interested in keeping us divided and keep telling us all the things that we're, why we're different and why this is a bad thing. And that instead of celebrating our differences, you get stuff like this. Oh, if, if somebody puts their finger in your face and say that you didn't accomplish things you know, you had it easy because your skin color, you're supposed to be okay with that. And if you react negatively, suddenly you're fragile. 
I don't buy it. I don't accept it. It's absolute trash. I really, really appreciate it. We're getting close right now to the new member goal. I've got a new member video I'm uploading. Once we hit the goal, I will release it. And I appreciate your help during this drive this week. And we'll talk to you again real soon.